I want to say thank you that you allow your pastors time to get refreshed, time to have some family time. And if you don't know it, pastors Sean and uh, Diana, I'm telling you what, you have world-class pastors. And they're not here, but you don't honor just in front of somebody. Real honor is how you talk about somebody when they're not around. And, and uh, you are blessed to have them as the lead pastors. Can you give them a big hand clap? We are so great. He asked me to preach, and I said, sure, I'll preach. I am actually was on my vacation, and uh, I, I accepted this without talking to my wife. Amen. So I don't know how it's going to be when I go back. Might be a cold night tonight. Amen. But it's going to be okay. Uh, I'm Benny Perez. I'm from Las Vegas, Nevada, and we pastor a great church called uh, Church LV for Las Vegas, and God's blessed our church. I am Hispanic. Any Hispanics in the house? Three of you. Fantastic. I'm glad. I'm glad. So, uh, and because, uh, why do you say that? Because people always think I'm Middle Eastern, nothing wrong with that. Pakistani, Iraqi, Iranian, Greek, Italian, come on, man. Uh, but I'm Mexican-American, born in L.A. Yes, I know it's Southern California. Don't hate me. It's all good. Okay, Sean Livingston from Gold State Warriors comes to my church on the off-season, so we are brothers. Amen. Just want to let you know that. Uh, and my wife is white. My wife is, like, really white, white, like, night, light, white. Like, Wendy, we want to go to sleep, cover yourself, white. She's awesome, but she's white. As a result of this incredible union that I love my wife, we have three kids called Coconuts. You know what a coconut is? Come on, brown on the outside, white on the inside, right? My oldest is turning 17. His name is BJ. And then I have my daughter, Bella. We were cruising on our Vespa down Pacific Coast Highway yesterday. And uh, it was so fun. She's turning 13. And then my youngest is uh, 9, going to be turning 10 in September, he's Benaya. If I if I like if I let him, he would be having tattoos already, riding a Harley, and loving Jesus all at the same time. So uh, I'm from Las Vegas, and so we're a little bit wild in Vegas. Because what happens in Vegas? No, no, goes home with you. Just let him want you know that right now. <laughs> Don't believe the lie. It goes home with you. So uh, I'm gonna be nice, uh, but if I forget that I'm. I'm not in Vegas. I may drop some bombs here. Thank God your pastors aren't here. I will never come back again, but it's all good. So glad to be with you here at Fellowship Church. Let's grab our Bibles. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verse 7, and uh, we're going to read a couple verses. I'm going to share a little bit with you, and uh, let's see what God does. And so honored again to be here. And if you have not done growth track yet, that is the front door. Come on to Fellowship Church. You got to get plugged into community. And that's how your life grows. It doesn't just, it's not just a weekend experience. It's doing life together. So grow track and, and then you want to get involved in a small group and, and you just want to be part of the dream team. And come on, let's make a difference, man. Let's just, let's change the world from Antioch. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7 says, that we walk by faith, come on, and not by sight. Somebody say that with me. Say, we walk by faith. Come on, say it loud. We walk by faith. and not by. Now let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, if we have that on there too. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those, come on, who seek him. I'm glad that our God is a rewarder. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for one of America's greatest churches. And Lord, as the pastors are resting and Lord God getting refreshed, Lord, I pray that you do the same thing in this worship experience. Speak to all of us, Lord. Use this good-looking Mexican guy to speak to all of them in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm not good-looking, but I am Mexican. Amen. I want to talk to you very briefly on a topic if you're taking notes. Write this down. Trusting in what you don't see. Trusting in what you, you, don't, you don't see. I don't know about you, but at times I have misread life. Uh, give you some examples. Uh, have you ever been walking through the mall, and my wife, she gets her exercise. She says, I don't do treadmills. Come on, I do malls. <laughs> and so she speed walks. Come on through Nordstrom's and, and all the malls and all the, all the great shopping in Las Vegas. But have you ever been walking through a mall, and all of a sudden as you're walking, in the distance you see people waving at you. They're waving thought that goes through my head is, are they waving at me or somebody else? And as they get closer, they're smiling, they're doing this, and if you've ever been confident in like me, it's like, do I wave back? <laughs> or don't I wave back? Because if I don't wave back and they were waving at me, then they say, what's wrong with him? But if you wave at them and they're not waving at you, they're going to say, what's wrong with them? <laughs> right? It's this perception thing. And so I'm like, I, all right, I, I don't even know. And I start waving. And as they get closer, they shout, not my name, but somebody else's name that's actually behind me. And I start talking, I just go start walking. <laughs> Remember when in high school, this girl was looking my way. She was like the hottest girl in school. And She's looking, my friends are like, man, she's looking at you. She's looking, oh, she's walking over here towards you. She's walking over here towards you. And I started getting brave and like, here we go, here we go. And she walked right past me to the guy right behind me. <laughs> now, this happens a lot in our church. And, and there's a big lobby and it's crowded with people. And so I'm a pastor, like your pastor Sean, and I like to be around people. And, and so I get in the lobby and I notice across the lobby that people are talking and they're kind of looking at me, they're talking, and they're looking at me, and they're talking, and they're looking at me, and I'm thinking, are they friend or are they foe? <laughs> you know, if, if people are staring at you, and they're kind of looking at you, and, and if you don't have a good self-image, it's like, man, they hate me. Yeah. If you're a little bit too much of a good self-image, they love me. That's all they're thinking about is just me, you know? <laughs> I mean, you got to be careful how you read situations, because how you look at life, how you perceive life determines, come on, how you live life. And a lot of us, we, 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 we want to somehow get God into our box, and we want God to show up, and we want God to show us everything. But I'm here to tell you that you've got to learn something, that you cannot trust everything that you see with your eye. That we are men and women that are followers of Jesus, and that we must recognize one thing, that we are men and women, come on, that walk by faith. And faith doesn't mean that you understand everything. Faith means that you trust the one who can make everything go in the direction it should go. Too many of us, we, we want God, we want God. Show me, God. Show me, Lord. Show me. And you, listen, if God showed you everything, you wouldn't need faith. 
I mean, it's like, like, well, God, you can ask me to do something, but I want you to show me everything, and, you, and God is saying, no, I want you to start trusting me. So the Bible says, in 2 Corinthians, it says that we walk by faith. Now, what is faith? Now, faith, very simple. I'm a simple guy, grew up in East L.A., come on, Southern California, all Mexicans come out of East L.A., all right? And, and, and so let me just give you a definition of faith, this very simple definition, and it's this. It's simply trusting God. Faith is trusting God in who God is. It says that we walk by faith. It says we don't believe by faith, but rather we walk by faith. In other words, we have gone beyond just believing, and now we are moving in action. I don't want to just say, well, I believe in God. No, I want to have my life demonstrate. Come on, I believe and I have trust in God. Walking is forward motion. It means that I am heading somewhere that I have a destination, that I'm not walking aimless, aimlessly through life. I don't believe in fate. I don't believe in karma. I believe in God's divine destiny. And sometimes you need to start walking without full knowledge of where you're going. There's a story in the Bible in the book of Genesis chapter 12 of a guy named Abram. And God shows up to this guy named Abram, and Abram is not in a Christian home. His his dad is actually worshiping foreign gods, and God, and God shows up to him, and he says, hey, I want you to leave your family, leave your household, and I will show you the land that you should go to. Now, this is a great story, and many of us that maybe know the Bible, we, we kind of read the stories, we take out humanity out of the Bible as if these were superhuman people, and, and they didn't have any emotions or feelings, or they never made any mistakes. Let me tell you, God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. If you don't have it together, welcome to church. This is a church for people that are not perfect. That you can come as you are. Can I get an amen to that? You can come as you are, but the power of the gospel is you won't stay as you are. See, the cool thing about God is he shows up with this guy named Abram, and Abram just believes. And can you imagine? Abram now goes back to his wife. His wife is Sarai. And he goes, hey, Sarai, God's spoken to me. We need to pack up everything. We're leaving Antioch, and we're just taking off. Sarai goes, where are we going? Abram goes, don't know. I just heard God speak to me. So let's pack up. Come on, if, if you need help, we're going to call pods. You're going to come, drop off a thing, load it up, and they're just going to follow us in a truck, and we don't even know where we're going. Now, all of us kind of like, wow, that's cool, until it's you. I mean, everybody's like, oh, man, God spoke to you. I'm so happy for you, until God speaks to you. And God, God starts to tell you some things, and it's like, well, wait a second, God, where am I going? Abram had no idea where he was going. All he knew is, is that God spoke to me, and if God spoke to me, and God said he's going to show me where I'm going to go, I've got to leave where I am to get where God wants me to go. So many of us will not leave the comfortable, and if we won't leave the comfortable, we'll never experience the supernatural. When God spoke to me and my wife to leave what we were doing and start a church, I'm like, God, what are you talking about? 27 people in my home, 25 of them we did not know. Can you imagine 25 people in Las Vegas, total strangers coming into your home? I said, Wendy, hide the silverware, hide the china. I mean, these people look weird. Hide the plastic stuff. I mean, these people are bad. 
And I'm like, God, what are you, what are you saying? Why, why don't you show me ability? Why don't you show me this? Why don't you show me that? But the fact of the matter is, is that if, watch me now, God showed you everything, you would not need faith to trust him. See, faith is not ignoring the realities that you see, but knowing there's a greater reality that you're following. So now I recognize that by faith, my human perception is only one perception. The natural world is real, but it's limited. All this is real, but it's limited. There is a realm called the supernatural realm. There's a realm, come on, where miracles come out of. Come on, there's a realm, come on, that God begins to do things that are impossible. There's a realm that says, I know that you see your loved one who's strung out on drugs, or you see your son or your daughter that's far from God, and the natural realm says they're a hopeless cause, uh, cause, but there's another realm that says with God all things are possible. Let me, let me preach to the 830. Because they told me 830 was quiet, but I don't think you're going to be quiet this morning. Because what you don't know is that some of you are sitting by a miracle. Some of you are sitting by a miracle called a person. And Jesus shows up. And Jesus came into their natural realm and began to change their natural realm. And began to do something different in their life. And they are not the same man. They are not the same woman that they were. Why? Because the supernatural invaded the natural realm. Okay, I got to be calm because I feel like I'm going to be in Vegas right now. Because I'm tired of people limiting God and saying, God, you got to fit in to my box. I'm saying, God, break the box. Do what you want to do. Do the miracles. Do the supernatural. We want you. I don't, I don't. I don't claim to understand everything about God because if I understood everything about God, he would cease to be God. Amen. I don't want to serve a God that I could figure out everything and know everything. All I know is he sent his son and he wrapped himself in flesh and blood. And I can know as much about God as I read the scripture and see Jesus. And I want to know something, God, that this natural realm is limited, but I know there's a greater realm. Yes, amen. Faith, listen to this is unreasonable only within a restricted worldview that denies God the right to intervene. His intervention is highly rational from a biblical perspective. Faith. Some of you here, you're not quite having that faith in God yet. In about 20 minutes, you're going to cross over from the natural into the supernatural. For a lot of us, we've already experienced Come on, this great new life. Come on, found in Jesus. See, faith. Faith, if we're really going to have this God kind of faith fellowship church, it has to rest on two pillars. Two basic pillars, and then we're done. I'm actually going to end early. Some of you are like, my God, this is a great preacher. He ends early. <laughs> Number one, the first pillar that your faith in God must rest on is this is that God is with you. Write that down. God is with me. Your faith must rest on the simple premise that God is with me. There's a man in the Bible called Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1 is an awesome chapter because the Bible says that God comes to this guy named Joshua and he says, Moses, my servant, Mo is dead. 
that you got to know something about this guy named Mo. Mo was an awesome guy. I mean, even if you have come to church for the first time, you all know the Ten Commandments. You all know the Prince of Egypt. Come on, I'm into cartoons. All right. You all know, any time Moses held up this stick, man, this stick, he held up the stick and it split the Red Sea. He threw down the stick, it turned into a snake and ate up the two other snakes. I mean, he touched the water of the River Nile and it turned to blood. I mean, this stick was an incredible stick. And the Bible says that Moses now, Moses dies and God buries him. And God says to this guy named Joshua, who is the assistant to Moses, he says, hey, you're going to take the three million people into the promised land. Now, if I'm Joshua, the first response to God is, where's the stick? <laughs> I don't care about Moses. I don't care where you buried him. I want the stick. Because I know what that stick did. That stick is a bad stick. It's a dope stick. I mean, just give me... The stick. Because I got that stick. I'm like, anybody want to rest with me? Snake. Bite them. <laughs> Staff members aren't listening. Snake. Bite them. <laughs> right? You want to mess with me? I'm going to spit your swimming pool in two. I'm just going to hold it up. And there's your swimming pool in two. I'll call ten plagues down on you. Flies will infest your house. You know? I mean, the stick was an, was an awesome stick. I mean, it's, if I'm Joshua, it's like, cool, God, give me the stick. I just need the stick, just the stick, God, just the stick. And we laugh, but we do the same thing. We actually look at things and at people as if they are the source. See, it was never about the stick. It was never about Moses. It's never about a man or a woman. It's always about the source where we get their power from. So what does God do? God comes to Joshua knowing that Joshua wants the stick. And God comes to him and says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Notice what the scripture says, as I was with Mo." so I will be with you. So what is God saying to him? You don't need a stick. You, you don't need anything else because watch, I am with you. You see, if you understand something about life, you understand something about God, that God will promise the same thing to you and the same thing to me that God says to you that I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never, ever abandon you. Come on, somebody. I am with you. If you believe that, give God a big hand clap right now, 830. Come on. I am with you. Joshua. I am with you. The assurance of my presence is all you need to know, that I am with you, Joshua. So I told you I'm a dad. Three kids, oldest son, beautiful daughter, younger son. My daughter's my favorite. I only got one of, one of her. I got two of the other. It's like I could lose one son. I still got one left, but I only got one daughter. So yesterday we were out. 
vest paint and my vest buff. We were cruising. She's got her long blonde hair, right? She's beautiful, long blonde hair flowing in the, and we're, and we're just having, and she's hugging her dad as we're going down the road. We stop for ice cream and we have ice cream and I look at her and say, don't tell your brothers. <laughs> she says, I won't dad. I said, that's why you're going to have ice cream again and again and again. <laughs> don't tell them about the car I already bought you that's in my other house in the garage. <laughs> I won't dad. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but my youngest son, my youngest son, he's, 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 he's a typical baby kid, you know, and, and so he, he's kind of spoiled, and he does this stuff, and my youngest son, he plays basketball, and, uh, and, and he's a great athlete, and, uh, and he also has a phobia that some of you still have, and he's afraid of the dark. So not too long ago, I could hear this arguing upstairs, and I go up there, and the older sister says to him, Benaya, you can't sleep in my room. I'm tired of you sleeping in my room. So he goes to his older brother's room, and he says, I don't want you to sleep in my room. And I said, what's going on? And well, he's scared of the dark, Dad. I said, Benaya, you need to sleep in your room. He goes, but, Dad, I'm scared of the dark. Now, I'm not the best parent. You know, I, I don't know, for some reason, they still have me speak at youth conferences. Because I wear skinny jeans. Come on, somebody. I know what some of you are thinking. Why are you wearing skinny jeans at your age? Because you can't. Because when you got legs like a woman, you got to show them off. I know some of you women are like, man, look at those legs. I want those legs. They're mine and my wife's. <laughs> See, I, 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 I love young people. They come up to me, and, uh, and I, I did this conference. There's like 3,300 young people, and, I, and I'm funny, and I do my thing, and they're like, ah, and whatever. And then, and then they come down. You know, I'm praying for them. And what do you need to pray for? My parents. Man, my parents, they got me a timeout. They... They took away my PS4 and took away my, 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 my Xbox and took away this. I hate timeouts. I, you know what? I, listen, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not that compassionate. I say, shut up. <laughs> See you shut up. Because I came from an era we didn't have, come on, timeouts. We had knockouts. Does anybody know what a knockout is, friend? I, you don't even know. I don't need, like, like, bam! Are you anything else? Like, don't get my mama mad in the kitchen. There's a frying pan. Oh, yeah, yeah. A belt wasn't just, come on, to hold up your pants. Mm-hmm, I know. Like, all you're going to say, like, Pastor Sean, he was advocating child abuse. I wasn't. I don't have any residual effects from any of the stuff that happened to me. Stupid timeout stuff. Stupid. Dumb. So I go to my son. Go to your room and go to sleep. And I get the crazy orele vato look. I kill you. I cut you. You bleed out. And I'm Mexican. It's not just one jumping you. It's five of us jumping you. 
I'm sorry that you showed up by yourself. But when you take on the, burri the bean, you gotta take on the whole burrito. You're dead. Orale. So I go, I go ghetto on my kid. Because I grew up in Pico Rivera, California. Oh yeah, if you're white, you won't make it through the city limits, I'm telling you right now. 98% Hispanic, we look at you like, what you doing here? Uh, so, so my son, remember my wife's white, so... The white side of him was getting really scared of the brown side of me. Go to your room, Dad, I'm scared. Just be quiet, go to your room, or you're gonna get a timeout. Go to your room. So I'm not anointed at that time. I'm not wearing skinny jeans. I'm just like, go to your room. She's crying, oh, and I go to my my room. My wife's looking at me like, and he's crying. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm like, oh, I'm such a horrible parent. I should have just knocked him out. Then he wouldn't even know. Horrible parent. So I gather up my pillow, get my blanket. So I'm like, she ain't gonna let me sleep here anyway. This is a preemptive strike, you know. So I go down the hallway. It's a big house. Ooh, he's got money, I do. And we're going. Because preachers should be blessed. <laughs> Come on, preachers of Antioch. Here we go. Just... And all of a sudden, I go to my son's room. He's like, Dad, no. You know, it's like, it's okay, son. I brought a pillow. How, how much is that going to hurt? Like, you know, it's Because, Dad, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to sleep with you tonight. He has bunk beds. He goes, what? I'm going to sleep with you tonight. I turn off all the lights. He goes, Dad. I said, I'm going to sleep with you tonight. I crawl up in the top bunk bed, lay down, and now I realize what my wife told me, don't buy cheap mattresses for the kids. <laughs> I never thought I'd be sleeping in that room. <laughs> so I, I get in the bunk bed, and I'm on the top bunk bed. He's on the bottom bunk bed. He goes, Dad, you there? I'm here, son. He can't see me, but he could hear my voice. Dad! Dad, I love you. Thanks, Dad. Next question is, how long are you going to be here for? <laughs> I don't know. Just go to sleep. <laughs> he went to sleep. And then, how do I get out of here? Because that bed. I mean, I breathe too hard. So for the next hour, it's like toe, leg, halfway, high, you know. Now, here's the crazy thing. Watch. The circumstances of my son's 
Fear never changed. It was still a dark room. He was still scared of the dark. But what changed? His father was with him. Oh, somebody's got to catch what I'm throwing right now. Some of you are looking for a circumstance to change, the darkness to go away, the thing to change. But I'm here to tell you, your father is with you. Give me a little bit more monitor. I'm telling you right now that your father is with you. I know it's dark. I know it's painful. I know it doesn't feel good. But he said, I am with you. Sit down. You're scaring the people in the back. Y'all get paid to do that. Watch. What changes that my is that I was with my son. I was, just, I was just with him. 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 Fast forward now. Because I said your pillar of your faith rests on that God is with you. And number two, that God is for you. Write that down. God is for you. God is for you. Fast forward about a month ago. We're back up in time about a month ago. My son, same son, plays basketball. He's got great handles. And, um, and he really doesn't, but I just say that by faith. Okay. <laughs> He's not really that good. God bless him. He's not that good. I'm sorry you got your mother's jeans. I'm sorry, son. Because if you got mine, you're flying high. But I'm just saying. I know what you're laughing about. I could play some ball. Oh, yeah. I'll snap your ankles right now. Just come on up. I just. See, you didn't even know how fast I was. And so, so, so he, he's not that good. So when you're not that good, they make you a defensive specialist. He goes, Dad, they never passed the ball to me because you are a defensive specialist. You shut down their best player. That's what you do. Right? And so, so my son doesn't really touch the ball that much because he's a defensive specialist. Right? So my good friend played in the NBA, played on three different teams. And my wife says, don't drop any. Don't, 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 don't be a name dropper. So I won't, I won't tell you. But Jordan is, is coaching, my, <laughs> coaching my son. Right? And so I'm on the sidelines, right? I'm there cheering, doing that kind of thing. And it was towards the end of the game, and my son elevates two inches off the ground, <laughs> grabs the rebound. I'm like, yeah, he touched the ball. He touched the ball. He grabs the rebound. Elbow spread. Clear out. I'm like, yeah. And he's looking at me. I'm looking at him. Yeah. And then he does something. He takes it, and he goes back up and throws it towards the basket. It's a beautiful shot. It's a great arc. And it's ready just to swish. And I'm like, no. I pull up my Glock. Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> the ball just shatters everywhere. No, I can't take it into the gym. And so, so I pull out my swish blade. No, I can't do that. All right. And so, so I'm like, no, because he shot it in the opponent's basket. Perfect swish. And as soon as it goes in, the whole gym starts erupting in laughter. The team, his opposing team starts erupting in laughter. The coach on the other team is laughing at my son. Now, I know I'm a pastor. But I'm a Mexican. 
and I can hurt you. <laughs> so watch. I see that, and everything in me wants to run on the court. My wife sitting next to me, she grabs my knee. That's a wife saying, don't do it. But when I grab her knee, it's like, let's do it. <laughs> Sorry, that was Vegas. Sorry, I love my wife. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I saw you can remember. I don't know. He said something about the knee. I don't know. <laughs> I saw, I saw, I want to say over here on this side, a husband just grabbed the knee of his wife right there. It's like, <laughs> how many you want? Ten kids? Okay, here we go. So I'm there, and Wendy's like, don't do it, don't do it. And my son's crying. He seems crying. And I'm like, oh. And as soon as I knew it was legal, I ran onto the court. I grabbed him, and he said, Dad, 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 I shot the wrong basket. I shot the wrong basket. Don't laugh. I said, look at me, son. Got on my knees. I said, look at me. Not at them. Look at your dad. See, it wasn't enough for my son to know that I was with him in the gym. He needed to know that his dad was for him. I grabbed him. I said, son, what an amazing rebound great form. You cleared everybody out. And then your follow-up shot was beautiful. The arc was great. Didn't even hit the rim. It was a swish. The only thing we have to work on is getting the right basket. I feel something. Come on, I feel something shifting right now. I feel something. This is the way God the Father is. He comes to you, and maybe you just kind of blew something, and he goes, oh, no. Oh, man. Your attitude is good, and this is good, and this is okay. We just got to work on this one thing. I want you to know something, that your Father is for you. Your Father is for you. He's not against you. He's making a way for you. If you would hear me, you got to give God a 10-second break break right thank you Lord come on do you know what I'm talking about has anybody received the grace of God has anybody received the mercy of God if you have give him a five second praise break one more time